When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J.Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey, this Brian's up. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. Clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. 
Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. We're rocking out, man. Let me know when Frank is ready to go. All right. What's that? I said can do. All right, not ready to go yet, but we're, uh, we'll have him in a couple of minutes. Matter of fact, 11, I should be on any second now, as a matter of fact. Huh? It's going to be fun for me to talk about this because nobody loved Groucho Marx more than I did, man. Yes. Or, or at least as much as I did, I suppose. Or I did as much as they did. I don't know what the hell everybody You're about. a big old fan. <laughs> Everyone loves Groucho. <clears throat> I kind of look like right Groucho. Oh. Who oh, does? There he you is. Do. You do. I do? Yeah. <laughs> about the same as you look oh. like Rock. Oh, looks like he sounds like oh, the guest. Yeah, like, okay, Frank's <laughs> going to have to hear this story today. This is unbelievable. Frank Ferrante with us, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing, Frank? Hey, Tom. How's it going? Not too bad, and i got to open up with something. But you and I have never met, I don't think, in person, have we? I don't believe we have. I don't believe we have. So this won't mean much to you but- because... <laughs> well, you could you could look out my picture on the internet and, and find out. But, I've seen uh, you. I did. I did my research. Oh, you did. Okay. Well, then you're going to know. This is. I don't know where this woman was coming from, but whatever. But we took the grandchildren to uh, Disney World over the past uh, four, five, six days, something like that, right? <clears throat> uh-huh. And I'm there, and this older woman is at Disney World, and she comes up to me, and goes, "You know, I just had to come over and say hello." And I said, oh, yeah, okay, I'm glad to hear that. She said, should I, I won't tell anybody that you're here. And I said, okay, well, I'm not sure that anybody in Disney World is going to care that I'm here, but, you know, whatever. And she said, well, you're the rock, aren't you? What? I don't look anything like the rock. No, you when don't. did this happen? What? Yeah, when did this well, happen? You, it was at the pool. You don't, were you not there when that happened? You've never been told great. any of us this. Yeah, she. Well, no, I did tell you, but you forgot. No, you did I not tell it, me this. I did too. I mentioned it briefly, but you guys were maybe. I'll, I oh, I thought you said a rock. Yes, yeah, a rock. rock. Yeah, there you go. I was confused. <laughs> but Frank, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you, Frank. Maybe, whether it's Groucho Marx or The Rock. Yeah, you could do a one-man show on, on The Rock. <laughs> I we really could, tour, could. We could tour together. I uh, I also, Frank, will tell you that this is going to be quite an excite, exciting show for me because uh, nobody, I don't think anybody, well, maybe as much, but nobody loved Groucho more than I did from the time I was a little baby right up until today. I, I just loved that man, and I love the fact Good. that Jay Leno brought back his show. Me too. I really do. Me too. No, yeah, I loved that, him since I was a kid, too. We got that comment, that and knowing that and the fact that I look like The Rock. <laughs> Very good, Frank. Frank, you, thank you, thank you, sir. Uh, for, for listeners, I appreciate it. Oh, it's great to have you on. For listeners that tuned in for the first time to, to uh, listen to Frank talk, uh, I'm here to tell you that I'm not Samoan, nor do I look anything like the. I suppose we're not even the. Well, he's bigger than me, but I suppose not that much bigger. Than I, I am, he's I a lot bigger than you. Yeah, are. he's a lot bigger than everybody. Yeah. Other than you. Officer Dave, man. Yeah. Officer Dave, yeah. Yeah. It's the same size. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Rock is six five. So, yeah. Yeah. is he really? Yeah, oh, he's he And he's, he's bald. And yeah, you look. But you're not. Yeah. Like, you well, look I had a baseball cap on though. Oh, okay. But you still, have, I don't, you look as much as the Rock as I do. Like I know, Sofia Vergara. No, I know. I just, <laughs> I don't know where even. she got it, but she was Close. convinced that I. <laughs> 
Well, but Frank, I go through this quite a bit because uh, last year in Nashville, we did uh, a three-day show in Nashville, and somebody thought I was Bill Parcells. I can so, see that. You know, Oh, she can see that one because oh, yeah, he's that's 80. Right. There's like, well, there's certain pictures where yeah, kind of. <laughs> anyway, Frank, I will tell you, we'll start off at this point with, with Groucho Marx. Eveningwithgroucho.com slash the film. Um, I was hooked forever as a little, little, little boy when uh, Frank uh, Groucho had uh, this woman on, a, on You Bet Your Life. And he asked how many children she had, and it was like, I don't, I think it was, she said she had 11 children. Groucho, I'm the proud mother of 11 children. Uh, and he goes, 11 children? That's a lot of children. And she said, well, I love my children. And Groucho on live TV in the 50s said, I love my cigar too, but I take it out of my mouth once in a while. <laughs> One of the greatest lines in the... I, I was hooked forever, Frank. Forever. Oh, I, I, I've been in love with. Him. I saw the first thing I saw him in. Tom was the day at the races, and these guys were just so insane. You know, I was a shy kid. You're nine years old, and you're seeing these guys go wild, and it's like I want to be like them. And that's right. what got me into wanting to be a performer. I figured they're they're having fun. I want to do that. Um, got everything. And I got to meet everything him, Tom. you did. You did. Oh, I was ask you that. I did. And that, that story you told reminds me of what he... I met him t- right toward the end of his life. I was, My dad took the day off of work, Tom, to take me to see my hero. I was 13 years old, and this was in Los Angeles. And he, Groucho at the time, if you recall, was not well. He was almost about 80. He was in his 80s, mid-80s. And he'd had strokes, but he was still going out there like a, the trooper that he was. He loved to entertain. And uh, he finally shows up uh, at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, and he looks like he's about to keel over. He's glassy-eyed. He's shuffling. And there were a thousand people in this in this auditorium at the Ambassador Hotel, mostly young people like we were at the time when he was older. And um, he was mumbling through the first part of the presentation. Can you hear me out there? Can you hear me out there? No jokes. We're all concerned that Groucho's going to keel over. Then someone asked Groucho a question. Groucho, are you making any new Marx Brothers movies? And he looked up slowly, Tom, and said, no, I'm answering stupid questions. <laughs> <laughs> so the, you know, the body was shot, you know, he was stroke-ridden, but he was still using humor. And a woman asked, asked him, Groucho, what do you dream about? And he looked at her and said, not you. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and the audience went, they loved it. The audience went crazy because we wanted, oh, you know, yeah. we expected him to be irreverent and insulting and brash and you know, ludicrous. It was a very thrilling day for me. Frank, I want but to hear that, all about your show because I have so many more questions about Groucho for you. I, I, I literally, I don't think you're ever going to meet a bigger fan of, of Groucho Marx wow. than I am from the time. First of all, even as a little boy, a little tiny four or five year old, I thought, this is brilliant. One of the brothers can't talk, and the other one's Italian. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, right. Wait. Well, well, you're right. Uh, Harpo doesn't speak. Chico speaks poorly as, in broken English, Italian, and one speaks too much. I mean, it, it covered all the bases. And it, but they, you're, you're, it's so true, they, you know, how, how perceptive you, know, you were. I, I felt the same way. It's like, what is going on? They were creatures, these guys. Right. Attacking society and all the wealthy and the powerful and... It, I, I remember laughing until I cried. I said, I've got, yep. and I went right to my local library. I started reading everything I could about not just the Marx Brothers, but all comedians. It really was. 
really uh, really spurned on a uh, interest in, in humor and performing arts. But that's Groucho. That's how potent he was. He's 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 a total original, fearless, free character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's still why he has so much appeal. And that here we are. He died in 1977. They're still doing documentaries. There's still books out on him. There's still my show travels the country, and I was on you know television. Uh, that says a lot about what he achieved. You know the impact he had. Uh, I was just looking at some headlines from newspapers from when he passed away. I mean, they're like three-inch block letters. Groucho Marx dies. I mean, he, mm-hmm. and he, this was an 86-year-old man. It was like he was to me. He was Superman, and apparently he was yep. that way for you too. <clears throat> yep. And he used language like no one else. You know, so, you know, he never made it past the sixth grade, Tom. This guy was self-educated. Really? I'm looking. I'm walking around my living room. I'm looking at his dictionary. I'm looking at his encyclopedia that his kids gave me. But he used to keep a dictionary in his glove compartment because he was self-conscious about his lack of formal education. Mm-hmm. So he went out to really, you know, improve his his place. You know, he he ended up being writing books himself and corresponding with great writers and humorists and uh, of course all that wit comes through in his work on you bet your life welcome welcome to you bet your life say the secret wide and divide an extra hundred dollars that great show oh, but God. for 14 years he did that show you bet your life and that's a long run and mostly mm-hmm. in, it was in the top 10 for all that time from 1947 to 61 and with the secret word and the duck and became part of the you know, national landscape uh, and that humor to me, I like brash humor. I like kitty humor. Yep, yep. And he was just the master of it. So good. No, uh, and you, Frank, do and you, you bet your life. Know... Go ahead. Sir. No, go ahead, sir. No, I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I, you remember his co-host, his uh, his sidekick on you on you bet your life, George Fenneman, the great mm-hmm. announcer. Uh, he every week he would announce Groucho, with, and here he is, the one, the only, and the audience would scream Groucho. Well, mm-hmm. you know, he was. He came to one of my shows, Tom, and it was remarkable. He was an older man at the time, and I used to sneak out of my bedroom when I was a kid, 11 years old, and watch reruns of You Bet Your Life, like you were saying, sure. because I thought, this guy is so so outrageous and inappropriate. I loved him so much. I was taught by none, so this to me was a thrill. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. George, Fenneman, George Fenneman was his uh, sidekick. He's at my show. And I introduce him at the end of the show. I said, ladies and gentlemen, here he is in the audience, uh, the male Margaret Dumont, uh, Groucho's straight man for 14 years, Mr. George Fenneman. And George Fenneman waves, and the whole audience stands up for him. And George is in tears. He loved Groucho. And he's moved by the evening. He comes backstage, Tom, and he comes to my dressing room. He goes, Frank, would you like to hear about the last time I I saw Groucho? Uh I said, I'd love to. And he tells me the story. Driving to Beverly Hills, he goes into Groucho Marx's home, into his bedroom, and there's Groucho, the funniest man in the world. And he's in a wheelchair, and he's not well. He's 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 sick. He's had a, like I said, he's had a couple strokes. He's wearing his trademark beret, thick glasses. But but George described his expression to me as beatific. He was serene. And after this joyous encounter with his old boss, his friend, his hero, George tells me he had to move. He had to move Groucho from Groucho's wheelchair to Groucho's bed. So George Fenneman puts his arms around Groucho's torso. He lifts him out of the wheelchair, and he starts to shimmy him toward the bed. And in this tiny voice, Fenneman hears, Fenneman, you always were a lousy dancer. (laughs) 
<laughs> so great. But again, you know, using love humor it. to get through the worst times of life. I love it. That's the anyway, whole deal. I love that story. Do you know the story about what they did to Jack Warner at Warner Brothers? Which oh, I'm not sure which one. Met him in his, they're supposed to meet uh, Jack Warner in his office at Warner Brothers, and Jack Warner was late. Did you ever hear that story? Uh, yes, yes. But, uh, Irving Thalberg, right? Irving. I'd love to hear one it. of the I'd, one of their producers. Yeah, I'd love well, yeah, to hear he, your they take. Didn't like to be, well, he never liked to, you know, the Marx. But you couldn't keep the Marx Brothers waiting. And I think this was Irving Thalberg at MGM, right? And he he produced their Night at the Opera, Day at the Races, and he really. It, these are the highest-grossing comedies of the mid to late 30s at the time. And Irving Thalberg was a producer at MGM, huge, biggest studio at the time. And the Marxes, Harpo, Groucho, Chico, are in the anteroom, the, the lobby area outside his office. No, no Thalberg. Keeps waiting half hour, hour, several hours. You know, they're just there forever. And finally, uh, what happens is Thalberg notices some smoke coming from under his door he opens the door and there's the marx brothers they're stark naked roasting potatoes in the fireplace there and from that point on he never kept the marx brothers waiting again so that's the, that's last, the story i heard the last time groucho told that story he, he had mentioned the fact because johnny asked him well how much how'd you get the fire started what he goes oh we were burning the furniture <laughs> they broke the furniture up and threw it in the fireplace. <laughs> I hadn't heard that version of it. I know oh, these God. stories tend to like expand. I love it. No, yes, they were wild. Yes. They were wild. And uh, can you imagine growing up on stage with three, you know, with your brothers and from the time you're a teenager and watching oh. your brother become Groucho, watch on stage, watching your teenage brother become Harpo and Chico, and you know they were so they were playing their instruments, the harp and Chico on the piano and. It must have been. They were very close. You know, they loved each other. And, and I think that bond comes through. I think that's why we're still talking about that kind of humor, because they had this kind of the spiritual connection, a, brother, a brotherly, this fraternal connection that, you know, you can't make up. You can't fake it. And um, it's potent stuff, you know, and it's still, still hilarious. One of the greatest lines he ever delivered to Margaret Dumont, Margaret Dumont claimed that she was ill, and so Groucho went and got her a pill to make her feel better, and he came back with a pill about the size of a thermos. <laughs> the thing was huge. Remember that story, Frank? Well, is this uh, take, is it, it's a, it's a line? I know. Tell me the story. Tell me that. Okay. Yeah. So he comes back with a pill about the size of a thermos, <laughs> and she looks down and she goes, my, that's a rather large pill. And he said, yeah, well, you're a rather large pill yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I always love the, his scenes with Margaret Dumont, you know, who represented, oh God, yes. embodied the establishment and the, you know, with the wealthy uh, society, Dowager and all those movies. And, you know, he'd say hor horribly funny things. Like, I can see you right now in the kitchen bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Come, come, <laughs> say the word, you'll never see me again. I'll meet you tonight under the moon. I can see it now, just you and the moon. You wear a necktie, so I'll know you. Why don't you beat it? I hear they're going to tear you down and put up an office building where you're standing. You can leave in a taxi. If you can't leave in a taxi, you can leave in a huff. If that's too soon, you can leave in a minute in a huff. You know you haven't stopped talking since I came here. You must have been vaccinated with the phonograph people. Why don't you pull up a couple of chairs and sit down? I mean, this is just, just, just relentlessly funny. And he, he had was. this wonderful, perverse relationship on camera. I loved him. You know, Frank, one of the great things... 
for us, for for you and for me and for the fans of Groucho Marx, from the time, like I said, I was four years old, and to this day I just love the man, but not only uh-huh. was it Groucho Marx, is the fact that Groucho Marx would be interviewed by Johnny Carson. Was there ever a better duo than Johnny Carson interviewing Groucho Marx? It was brilliant. No. You're right, and you can see that on YouTube. That is, he's so They're great together, and they all adore oh. Groucho. They, they all bow before Groucho, Carson and Cavett and, and anyone who ever, you know, ever came across Groucho. And, and the comedians, ever, you know, I would say most of the great comedians today, male, female, whatever, you know, will cite him as, as a great influence because he's so really brave and, and, you know, he doesn't make any excuses. He doesn't apologize, uh, which is great. He just is who he is. But, you know, you talked about Tom discovering him when you were a boy, and that's even younger than when I, I discovered. I was like nine, ten. You were, you said four or five years old, and I, I toured the show. I've done, I've done it every. I've done this an evening with Groucho for this is my thirty eighth year touring the show, and so I play everywhere. I played five hundred cities around the country. I did two Australian tours. I played London, New York. I mean, I've done, I played, played the character everywhere in various shows. But one of the great delights is when you're doing. I do a lot of improv, Tom, in the show about. I'd say a third of the show is, is off the cuff, which you understand very <laughs> intimately. So, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I am, I'm playing the show and I start going off the script and I start ad-libbing. And I'm, I start playing with this older woman. She's 94 years old and she's laughing her head off. And she later told me she'd seen the original Groucho, the Marx Brothers, uh, touring in one of their Broadway shows, Animal Crackers. And right next to her is a seven-year-old kid who's never never seen Groucho <laughs> laughing at the same jokes. I mean, right. what what's better than that? It's the it was it's, I, at that moment I realized I have the best job in, in show business when you're making a 94-year-old and a seven-year-old laugh at the same kind of you know improv and ad-libbing. It's it's great. It it cuts through eight, you know all ages. So are. So, are your ad libs um, are are they things that you you have learned from Grouch over time, or do you just kind of riff off of what you think the character would do? Well, yeah, it's it's, it's stuff I'm making up in his style, and um, not everyone knows who he is. So the show has to work whether you know who Groucho Marx is or not. And those of us who know him love him, and for a lot of for a lot of audiences, younger audiences, and, and just audiences who aren't familiar, this is an introduction. But Groucho had a great line. There's no such thing as an old joke if you've never heard it before. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, kind of what it, you know, you know, it's a great line. And it our is. son used to always tell me that, you know, and it's like, that. my dad used to always tell me that. It's like, I got it, I get it. But to answer your question, I've, I've done it so many times now, literally several, like over 3,000 times I've done this particular role. You just get, and it's like anything, it's at-bats. You know, Tom, your career is a long career, and you know what it's like to just keep doing it and hope you're refining it. But honestly, the more I do it, I think the be- I'd like to think the better I get. And I've been in every situation, so I can play with people's occupations, where they're from, and I've played, you know, where you live. You're st- are you still, where are you living now, Tom? Uh, in Minneapolis, we spend some time in Florida in the winter. Okay, so... You're Minneapolis-based. So I played Minnesota constantly. You know, I played 35 suburbs around and Minneapolis itself. So you get a feel for different areas in the, in the, in the country. And, and that's fun, you know, to, um, and then people start coming in to see it from a distance. But 
but the improv is just something that just it's just like you said it's it's at bats and you know early on you you just have to try you know it's dangerous you're jumping off a cliff you don't know what's going I don't know what I'm going to say next sometimes my piano player doesn't know the audience doesn't know and there's um you figure it out in the doing well, you know what what do the audience is like you know, I started seeing that you know I can drop a song here if they're not if, you know you kind of look at their faces and early on I was going well, I think they prefer the crowd work you know the improv and so I just kept developing that and I've done other right. humor humor in my life where that's uh, other roles that are very much improv based so the Groucho role fed me in other areas and I also direct plays so it keeps me keeps me light on my feet you know it keeps me really you know I think mentally agile you know you have to be like he was. He, uh, mm-hmm. he was. He's, there's no one quicker, you know, for a guy who never made it past the sixth grade. You, you, the intelligence that he had, the wordplay, the puns, you know, like that. Whether he made them up or they were written for him, I love a, a good bad pun. So. <laughs> do you? Do you? Like s- the Tuscaloosa joke. Do you soften any of the things that he says? I mean, I, I I really like it, and I really like him, and, you know, he's he's incredibly talented. I'm surprised by what you said about the education. But at times, some of the things you'd say might be seen as mean, um, uh, depending on your audience. Do you think you soften mm-hmm. anything that he says at times? Uh, well, I, I, have, I, I, think, I don't think he's mean, but he has an edge. Certainly. Sure. But it could be interpreted that way. Like when he's talking to Margaret Dumont. She's also a clown figure. It's not like it's a woman off the street that he's just picking on. She, you know, embodies the powerful, the elite. So he's the outsider knocking down, you know, the powerful. But but you have a good point. You know, it is brash comedy. It's like you know, it's which is style I like. Um, I I think because I and, you, and as Tom, you're a You Bet Your Life fan. There was a gentler mm-hmm. quality to him with You Bet Your Life. You know, because he was mm-hmm. older. Uh, he wasn't wearing the the mask of the grease paint. You know, when you wear a mu- fake mustache and eyebrows and put on the glass of cigar, it's licensed to do whatever you want to do, to say whatever you want to do, to be as to be as flirty as you want to be. Um, but you, you you bring up a good point actually, in that because I have the hindsight of his whole career, I'm do- my show is a fan is my is a fantasy show. It's my fantasy of what it would have been like to have seen Groucho on stage live alone in his heyday. But I also have the um, the, uh, I have the information of his career. You bet your life is a gentler take. So it's a really good point. So I say to people, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do for a living? How did you two lovebirds meet? <laughs> Tell me about the first time you met. And so that has a gentler quality than I can see right now in the kitchen, you know, you know kind of the, the insulting, mm-hmm. the more insulting quality. So I, it is a balancing act because I want people to like the character. I want people to go home after the show and, and, want, and want to see Duck Soup or watch You Bet Your Life, or go on YouTube and watch him with Johnny Carson. So that's been part of it. It feels a little bit like missionary work. I want to convert the, uh, you know, the uninitiated and, uh, and remind people of what he was like, those who do know. So, but ex- excellent. That's a great point. And I, every day, I, I am, every time I do the show, I'm walking that tightrope. Because you want to have an edge, but you don't want to be mean. And my own, I'm not a mean person. So... But he had an edge. There's no denying it. That's what most of those great comedians did and do. No, no, uh, look, this this is a guy, two very quick points here. This is uh-huh. a guy who said something 70 years ago that he he could say it today and it would fit right into today's political climate in the world, certainly in America. Mm-hmm. 
that song, whatever it is, I'm against it, was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> so good. It is. Uh, Isn't it amazing? I don't know what they have to say. It makes no difference anyway. Whatever it is, I'm against it. <laughs> Love no it, Frank. It is, who commands it? I'm against it. And it's, um, that, in essence, it's, it's, I think that's from, that's from Horse Feathers. And the point is that um, that was his kind of his motto. That was his mantra. You know, he was against yeah. everything. And so the part of us, we're always taught to be polite and kind and play by the rules. Harkening back to the question you asked, you know, is, is the gentle, you know, should you ever feel like doing it, you know, in a more gentle fashion? Um, that's who he was, and that's why we liked him, I think, because we are so kind of controlled by society's the rules. There are no rules with the Marx Brothers. It's their rules. It's their, their right. chaos. And I think that's what's, you know, why we respond to the Marx Brothers. And yes, it's completely inappropriate, the, their behavior and their, <laughs> you know, and, and unexpected. It's totally unexpected. I love the surprise quality I, you know, of, of Groucho. You don't, you can't believe what they're about to jump into. Whether it's a football game in the middle of a society party, or um, you, you never know what they're going to do next. No, he taught me something else on on the Carson show. So this is what now? It's got to be fifty years ago. He's been dead for forty five yeah. years. Yeah. So it's yeah, got to be right. fifty years ago. He taught me something watching the Tonight Show once, and, and people are very nice about it. But they'll say, "God, Tom, you're you can ad lib so well, and you just come up with these mm-hmm. quick lines." And how do you do that? I said, "Well, I learned that from Groucho. I learned it from watching Groucho." And one night he was talking mm-hmm. to Johnny Carson about it because Carson asked him the exact same question: "How man, you're quick. Your ad living is amazing." And he goes, "Johnny." Some of those lines I've held on to for 30, 40 years, waiting for the right time yeah. to use them. Wow. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Wow. Yeah. That, that is well put. God, it's great. And another thing is some of those lines are – go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. Sorry. It was Mike. Yeah, this is uh, Mike Bryant. Mike. Um, the um, with in ear shows has a has a Harpo showed up or has a uh, Zeppo showed up or has, <laughs> yeah. has any of the other characters showed up or even another um, uh, another Groucho. It has. It's, a, it's another great question. It's like I was oh. in Philadelphia <laughs> just a couple weeks ago, and um, Philadelphia is a you know great theater town, and the Marx Brothers played there a lot in the, you know, throughout the career. And in fact, the Walnut Street Theater is the oldest continuously running theater in the world. It's been around since 1809. Everyone's played there. The Barrymores and Helen Hayes, W.C. Fields, and the Marx Brothers played there, famously because it still holds the record for the longest run at the Walnut Street Theater in 200 years because they kept adding weeks because the audiences loved them. The show, this, that was their, and that show went to Broadway. It was the first New York show, but I digress. But just to give you a little background on the theater I was at this this past month, so it's about a twelve hundred seat theater and it's packed for they love Groucho. It was one performance I was doing sold sold out, and I can hear I'm doing my jokes as Groucho, and we're doing the Groucho. I hear honk 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 honk. honk. <laughs> and someone had dressed up like Harpo and was honking throughout the whole damn show. There's a, there's a, that I've had people in the front row dressed like Groucho. I, I've had groups of people, you know, who thought it was funny to wear the Groucho glasses. And, of course, I single them out, have them stand up and wave. But, yeah, it does. There's a certain mania around it all. That's a lot of fun. But, it, yeah, it happens. It really does. Do, and that you know, same one thing, theater. I, what's that? No, go ahead, sir. 
No, I said that, that same theater I played uh, where they did a show called I'll Say She Is, the show that went to Broadway. I played there in 93. And uh, so 70 years after they played this theater, and uh, this 87-year-old man comes up to me afterward, Tom, and says, you know what? I was here 70 years ago when I was 17, and I saw the Marx Brothers on that very same stage that you're standing on. And I watched Harpo Marx drop 200 knives out of his sleeve right on that very spot. <laughs> it was like you know, that great scene in Animal Crackers where, you know, he's having his, he's, he's, you know, the policeman's shaking Harpo's hand and Silverware, did you take anything from Mrs. Rittenhouse's home? And he's shaking his head no, and Silverware keeps pouring out of his sleeve, you know, at the very end. Groucho goes, I can't understand what's delaying the coffee pot. And the coffee pot falls out of his jacket, of course. But <laughs> Of course. Anyway. But that happened of at course. the Walnut Street Theater, too. Isn't that just wonderful? I, I do have a question for you as a performer yourself. One thing that I'm a mm -hmm. bit concerned about. <clears throat> now, again, I, I first saw Groucho when I was four, maybe five years. I think I was four, though, living on wow. Spruce Place over in downtown Minneapolis. But uh, uh -huh. I remember seeing him. One thing that concerns me right now, because, look, Groucho Marx was way before my time. He was my grand grandmother's time, my mother's time. And, right. and I just hung on to that. Um, today we're talking about a guy that's been dead for 45 years. Most mm -hmm. of the people, and I think it's because of digital, Frank, I really do. I talk to people uh -huh. under 30 all the time because I will do, once in a while, do some Roddy Dangerfield stuff. <clears throat> and... <laughs> People under 30 have no idea who Rodney Dangerfield is. I mean, it's a, wow. it's sad. Yeah, We're talking yeah. about a guy now that was would be, what, 125 years old now if Groucho were still alive today? Yeah, <laughs> at least, yeah, 135 I mean, years old. Yeah, you're right. Uh, he'd be 135, and we're still talking about him. But, yeah, but right. the younger people, because of digital, I think, if you're not current, if you're not today, I don't even know who you are. That, that's too bad. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying, Tom, and, and uh, that's why I like doing this work still and going out there as the character and reminding people. Yeah. And the fact that it's on national television and that will be internationally distributed, that, that's going to open up, I hope, a, a younger audience, a new audience. Um, what I did see when I was surprised by it, because I figured, how long can I do this? I first did this role in college as a senior project, and I was discovered by Groucho Marx's son, Arthur Marx, oh, who was a writer. God. And he hired me right out of school to play his dad. And within a year, I was in New York off-Broadway playing Groucho from age 15 to 85 in Arthur Marx's show. But I figured at the time, Mike and Tom, that uh, you know, how long will people be interested in this? Because that audience, the original audience, is going to be completely gone. The You Bet right. Your Life, the mm -hmm. 1950 audience, yep. has passed away. But I've been proven wrong, you know. Again, you know, I played three summers not too long, you know, in the last few years in Seattle. You know, three, four-week runs. And what I saw, what, and it shocked me, the last run I was there, people in their 20s, university-age students. So I don't Good. know if it's because the local, you know, weekly hip paper said, you should see this because Groucho's irreverent and, uh, you know, he, mm. he's outrageous. And, it, and it's kind of kind of ageless. It's a timeless kind of humor. Um, so I've been seeing younger people. And I think as long as, um, you know, he's, you can access him, certainly. The digital age is, 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 you're right, it's whatever's current often. But I think right. people, can not, people can now access information on him, uh, his movies, his TV shows. And uh, it, takes like a, it takes a book, it, t it takes a show like mine, it takes this kind of conversation we're having 
to maybe get people to to look them up again, or or, or if someone younger is listening to the show, or younger people are, they might go, you know, just go Google Groucho Marx, and you know, I'm open. There'll be there'll be hundreds and thousands of entries. When no, when was Frank? That? Go ahead, Frank, Frank. Is it okay if I break the rules and keep you for an extra ten minutes? Is that all right? Absolutely, you, it'd be my pleasure. Go? I'd be honored. Okay, no, I'll no, take I'm a couple good. of. I'll take a couple of minute break. We'll come back and we'll talk at least for 10. This is too much for me, Frank. You're talking to maybe the second or third biggest fan of Groucho Marx in history after you, pal. <laughs> Love that guy. It's an honor. And we'll be too. right back to a couple of minutes. Uh, Frank Ferrante with us, ladies and gentlemen. Evening with GroucholMarks.com slash the film. It rolled out on PBS on April. Oh, April Fool's Day. Really, Frank? You brought it out yeah, on April Fool's yeah. Day, did you? Yeah, we did. <laughs> yes, it played, it, played, it played Minneapolis the first week of uh, of, uh, of April, and it's playing Duluth Superior on their PBS channel uh, next week, and then it'll be playing it all over the place. Yeah, we'll take a quick break. Be right back with Frank Ferrante, ladies and gentlemen. Frank Ferrante's Groucho, right back. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dance Outside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member fdic and equal housing lender you all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in mike lindell to give you a great night's sleep mike's latest incredible deal is on the giza dream sheets which you've heard me rave about before that's for sure these sheets are made from the world's best cotton giza they are ultra soft and breathable yet extremely durable right now the giza dream sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Frank Ferrante, our very special guest. Frank Ferrante's Groucho, eveningwithgroucho.com slash the film. And I have to read this because this is just wonderful. In 2017... And by the way, Frank, I'm sorry you lost uh, another one here. 
In 2017, the Wall Street Journal picked Ferrante as a top 10 actor for his role as Sudolis in the Stephen Sondheim musical, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. That's another one. Stephen, we just lost Stephen Sondheim. Made me very sad, yeah. Frank. Me too. Me too. Uh, I love that musical. Is great it, it, for those who've seen the, uh, a funny family of the forum. It's it's it's, yep. a, it's very Marxian in that it's you know it's like it's a vaudeville. It's burlesque. It's uh, it's outrageous. And uh, it was fun to do. And Zero Mostel did it for for those who, who don't know. Originally <laughs> on Broadway and did the film version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I, it's it's. I love working on the you know that kind of work. mostly comic work. I've done series, but yeah, Sondheim. I love Sondheim. And my hero, my, my kind of my mentor. Speaking of people that passed away within the last year, was Hal Holbrook. Oh, uh, who God, did Mark yeah. Twain. Oh, Mark Twain. Yeah. Who did Mark Twain tonight, and uh, for sixty-two years, God. and he retired at age ninety-two. He passed away just over a year ago, at ninety-five. I was at his. Uh, I was at his ninety-fifth birthday. We became friends. But when I was a kid, Tom, I, I, when I was putting the show together at, as a student at USC, I didn't know what a one-person show was. <laughs> So I figure I better uh, I, I <laughs> yeah. better find out how to do this, and so I started researching, and I saw a lot of shows in in L.A. County. One and uh, including a, a friend of mine named Eddie Carroll, who did a Jack Benny one person show where well, that was genius. I saw Jack Klugman play Lyndon B. Johnson, Johnson yeah. but the, the mm-hmm. you know the king the king of them all was um, Hal Holbrook as Mark Twain and Mark Twain yeah. tonight, yeah. and. Um, he was one of the, of course, one of the great actors in every in every medium, stage, film, television. Uh, but yeah, I've been lucky to to be surrounded by a lot of remarkable people who were encouraging. Hal Hal was one of those people. Um, you know, he had Emmy awards and Tony awards and Academy award nominations, and but that that didn't really matter. What really mattered was he was a good man and an incredible talent, and very generous with people and um, the real deal, the real deal. So lucky. Do people, Frank? Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> Do people come forward with either videos or photos or things that are new to you as far as information about Groucho? Yes, and there's this kind of like everything. You know, everything has a following. It seems like, and, and the internet has made that clear. There are specialists. You know, people that are like obsessed with certain parts of the of pop culture. And the Marx Brothers are right there, and they're still discovering new recordings hmm. of Groucho Marx and the Marx Brothers uh, from the 30s. Uh, there's a guy named uh, John Tefteller, who was an archivist for Groucho when Groucho was alive. And his job was, as a teenager in his early 20s, was to, to collect as much material as possible that was out there still, from posters, recordings. And he's still, you know, 45 years later, almost 50 years later, is still doing that so something was just discovered this past week a great show wow. with Hart groucho and Chico that is hilarious and is it's from 1930 i think the late 30s and carol lombard's on it and, and boris karloff and it, it's it is remarkable and funny and groucho's singing songs like dr hackenbush uh, which never was in the movie a day at the ray was cut from the i sing it in my show because i love it i love when right. groucho sings i don't know how you feel tom but to me there's something about it. it's just love it. so ludicrous like lydia the tattooed lady is one of the right. great novelty songs and now there's a song but to answer your question yes stuff is discovered ongoing and there's and people are really interested in in preserving that, that material but lydia the tattooed lady was written by arlen and harberg who wrote the entire score of wizard of oz in 1939 the same mm-hmm. year they they uh, wrote uh, Liddy the Tattooed Lady, and Liddy the Tattooed Lady, of course, has got some, you know, <laughs> hilarious lyrics like 
Lydia or Lydia, say, have you met Lydia? Lydia the tattoo lady. When her muscles start relaxing, up the hills comes Andrew Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it, so it's all these clever lines, you know, within the, within the song. But, well, uh, Frank, but you what, know it well. What's the only word that rhymes with Lydia? Encyclopedia. Very good, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, encyclopedia. That, that, that encyclopedia. Uh, that's about it, I think, Tom. But uh, oh, maybe, yeah. there was there was there was a lyric that was cut from uh, from uh, that was never in the original. But when Groucho started during uh, during the war, he started touring, you know, the, uh, the camps and did bond tours. And they added a lyric. It's like, Lydia, Lydia, say, have you met Lydia? Lydia, the tattooed lady. When she stands, the world looks littler. When she sits, she sits on Hitler. (laughs) 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 But I love all that wordplay. It's great. And, you know, his theme song, Hooray for Captain Spalding. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it makes you feel good. It, it's joyful. It's another thing. It's like with, before every performance, because it's a 90-minute two-act show I'm doing, so, you know, and, and I'm, I carried the show, and I always say to myself, Frank, share the joy that you felt when you first saw him. That's my job, is to share that kind of exhilaration. Mm-hmm. And I figure my job is to exhilarate an audience, whether they know him or not, Groucho, whether they know Groucho or not, the way I, the way I was exhilarated. And I'm still exhilarated by him. He still surprises me. He still tickles me. Mm-hmm. So he's still fresh to me. There's a fresh quality to, to Groucho after all these years. Well, to show you how in touch with loving that man I am, I would have no idea he's been dead for 45 years. I'm holding on to yeah. about five to ten years because I don't want to admit it was 45 years ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's <clears throat> remarkable. Yeah, I remember when he it Do is. you remember when he passed? Mm-hmm, I do. Yeah, it was a sad day. It was a sad a day. Very, very sad. Very sad. Now, Frank, when are you coming to town? you got to come to Minneapolis-St. Paul. you got to you got to. I love Mi- I want to, and we're planning. Uh, it's, it's, this timing of this conversation is great. I'm talking to someone who runs a theater. I think it would be Worthington. And they're planning to do a, um, a, uh, a Minnesota tour uh, next year around this time. Oh. So, uh, so I will let you know, because uh, I, I loved playing. I was in Plymouth for a whole summer. Which was fun, so I got to go into St. Paul and, and Minneapolis all the time. And mm-hmm. Walk, I walked around. It was so so much fun. But it's been a while, so I, I can't wait to go back. So Frank, you are be, the best in the business. You, you made oh. my week just by being on today. So Monday, <laughs> you come on. You made my week, Frank Ferrante, ladies and gentlemen. An evening with Groucho dot com slash the film. You can catch it on PBS. And uh, again, April 1st rolled out on April, on April Fool's Day. What could be better than that? Frank, stay in touch, please. I would love to talk to you off and on throughout the rest of my life, actually. Uh, it's mutual. It's mutual. Thank Tom. Thanks for the time. It's nice to meet nice a fellow Marxist. Yeah, thanks. Hello, I must be going. I cannot say I came to say I must be going. I'm glad I came, but just the same, I must be going. La, la. <laughs> thanks, Frank. Frank Ferrante, ladies thanks. and gentlemen. You we'll take, take care, all of you. You too, Frank. Bye. We'll be back in a few minutes. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. 
April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the motor sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Hey, this Brian's up. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. Clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again to Frank Ferrante and uh, actually Radio Guest Quest or uh, series. Just a Radio Guest Quest. Yep, Incorporated Guess in Darien, Connecticut. What do you think of that? No, we're talking. No, they're the ones who booked uh, Frank with us today. I just, uh, yeah, he's one of those one of those guys, no doubt about it. When I was a little boy, I just I started watching Groucho Marx and never got over it. Just absolutely loved watching it. Well, we have another very special, very famous guest. Oh, wow. you Tyler do? Carver. Oh, I thought it was Michael Bryant <laughs> yeah. from Bradshaw and Bryant. Nope. We already knew about Dyer, how are you? Doing good there, uh, Mr. Rock. The Rock. I look just like him, don't Mr. I? There's yeah, I Did you say, get my text about that? Some really dark sunglasses. I was wearing sunglasses, yeah, and a, and a baseball cap. So no, apparently, no I, but he's he's also five inches taller than me. So I don't know why she thought I was Rock, and but then I'm also not Simone. Yeah. yeah, he's well, pretty wide. Um, I guy. also want to just bring up that uh, if you want to hear a longer interview with Frank uh, Ferrante. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried had him on a couple of weeks ago, and oh. it's just as goofy to hear both of them doing uh, Groucho 
Frank oh, was I doing young Groucho, Gilbert would be doing old Groucho, and it was like, oh, God. <laughs> just hilarious. That's so wonderful. Gilbert was doing Groucho. Wow. Well, he does it really well. Hmm. Yeah, I got to tell you something. He's a good uh, mimic. Well, he is a good mimic on on top of that, though, because uh, Gilbert gave me his phone number a few years ago. I gave him a call once in a while. And I remember the first time I called him on his on his phone, he obviously, you know, didn't know who was calling, what, didn't have caller ID or whatever the deal was. But I remember he answers the phone like this. He goes, hello. I said, yeah, hi. hi is Gilbert there? Uh, yeah, Gilbert's here. Uh, what can I help you with? I said, uh, will you just tell Gilbert that it's Tom Bernard? He goes, Tom, how are you? <laughs> he was using his real voice to answer the phone, and all of a sudden, here comes the Gilbert voice. It was quite the experience, mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. I love Gilbert Gottfried, though. He is, <laughs> that boy is out there, I will tell you that. Mm-hmm. And he's still being treated like yep. dirt over a, something that he, he was told a couple of jokes about Japan and the, oh, by the way, I should mention this. Listen to this. Because this kind of ties in, because he was making jokes about that tsunami in Japan several years ago, and it almost ruined his life. I mean, to this day, he still doesn't work anywhere near as much as he used to, just because of that. Powerful yep. storm system could bring tornadoes tomorrow and snow on Thursday to the metro. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Yay. Springtime in Minnesota, ladies and gentlemen. You got the tornado, and then That's you got the snowstorm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what else has happened with you, Tyre? Everything good? <clears throat> yeah, not much. Just getting ready for the weather to change so we can start selling ice cream. Well, yeah, it's got to... The snow uh, stuff what? doesn't do us much good. No, it does not. Does that usually begin just before Memorial Day, or is it earlier than that? Or When does ice cream season begin for a, for an ice cream truck? Um, we actually got uh, something set up birthday party on the 22nd so in two weeks good so, yep so i mean if you go to a party to see how it, this year goes well if you go to a party and start snowing on april 22nd what do you just pull it pull the uh, truck into their garage or something what do you what do you do if that happens yeah they, yeah they i come suppose up with umbrellas i mean we've served in the rain we've we're inside the van we stay dry <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You don't have to worry about it. No question about it. God, I'm so happy that uh, you called about that Gilbert Godfrey. Because, yeah, Gilbert Gilbert does a damn good Groucho Marx, by the way. He does a really good Groucho Marx, I think. Yeah, both old and young. Yeah, both old and young. That's exactly right. All right, Palomino, get back to work. Sell some ice cream. Uh, somebody has to. All righty. Take care. Right, thanks, Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyre Carver talking about Gilbert Gottfried, talking about Frank Ferrante. Uh, yeah, Gil- Gilbert is one hell of a... I, I really do... You know, should he have told some of the jokes? I don't know. I he, They're jokes. He's a comedian. Let's settle down, shall we? But he, he's still getting hammered by that whole deal. People died. Doesn't he have any reverence? Whatever. Whatever it is, I'm against it. Don't forget it. Bill, is that, is that, that what he lost to Atflack over? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Affleck fired him. Yep. Yeah. He did a bunch of tweets yeah. that were about that, and people got very mad at him. Yeah. Well, and then a friend of mine picked up the job doing the voice of Affleck. He used to work at KQRS. Correct. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So that's that pretty guy. cool. 
As a matter of fact, he retired from KQRS because he started doing the Aflac duck. <laughs> and he's still doing it as of now, I think. He, he is, yeah. He's a pretty good yeah, gig. You say one word every, like, six months. <clears throat> yeah. Aflac. That's about yeah. it, yeah. That is about it, but he does. Uh, hey, he lives on it, so he must be doing pretty well, I would mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah. So that that had to hurt, and he wasn't ever going to yeah. get that back. So no, yeah. no, so no, it was not going to happen. But what are you going to do? Oh, I should mention, by the way, your mother, uh, Alex and Andy, you weren't there, but Alex was. Um, basically, we learned uh, something about our grandchildren, Fawn and Sage. Uh-huh. When I they make there. T-shirts, <laughs> when they make T-shirts that are, what are those things called again? Tie-dye T-shirts. Tie-dye T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Nana's, Catherine's, looks like a man's T-shirt, and mine, Bop Bop, <laughs> looks like a woman's T-shirt. Well, Mom, you picked the colors on yours. <laughs> well, sort of. You should see mine. Honest to God, it's the most it's... woman-like T-shirt ever. No, it's ever. not. It's not. There's well, no pink He's got a pink purple. Mickey. This is his... <laughs> It looks more I've red. Pink, pink. It's pink. That looks it's like bright a Grateful pink. Dead shirt is what that looks like. Yeah. I was going to say, it looks very 90s. You look yeah, like I don't a 90s think it teenager. Looks, I don't think it looks... Yeah. Yeah. If you see it in real life, well, the colors aren't mom's. nearly as bright uh-huh. in the photo. Who's got a photo of it? Alex. You I'm, yeah, I'm looking me. at photos right now. I'm not making yeah. it Oh, you up. sent her a photo of my shirt. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't look that bad there. You didn't tell Lily me. Tom. I don't think it does either. It's got <laughs> Lily Tomlin. <laughs> Lily Tomlin Blue, green, t-shirt. red. It's a pink Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I know, but yeah. so... <laughs> But right pink. But then blue, green, and red. So did you wear these shirts? Right, but Dad was never going to wear a tie-dye t-shirt anyway. I'm wearing it so right now. He lied. I'm wearing mine. Shirt. But yeah, at the at the hotel, at the hotel, there was uh, an activity there, like an activity center where you can like color things and make mm-hmm. a magnet and stuff like that. And they had tie dyeing for an hour, and we were like, "Let's tie dye." Because like, I'll wear a tie dye shirt. Mm-hmm. And Dana, my friend that came with us, will wear a tie dye shirt. The kids made one for Dan, and the kids made them for each other. But their shirts are going to be way too big for them because they didn't have the teeny tiny size. But I remember oh, well. when I was a kid, like 12 years old or so, I had a tie-dye shirt. It was uh, blue and dark blue. So every time I wore it, people thought that I had spilled water all over myself. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, it's just tie-dye. It's just tie-dye. <laughs> I've ever had a tie-dye shirt. I no. have many tie-dye. I have no. currently, <laughs> well, I don't have many shirts at all. Really but like. Wasn't wasn't my look. Yeah, it's my look. <laughs> At any now. point in my life. <laughs> I have a tie-dye Mickey Mouse, like Walt Disney World shirt that I wear pretty frequently. And then I have a, another tie-dye shirt. Now I made I made myself a tie-dye shirt, but they, it was like you went and it was already like wrapped and rubber banded and stuff. And you just sprayed the dye on the spots. And he was like, oh, you can leave the color on there for up to a week. And the longer you leave it on, the more saturated the color gets, the brighter. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just leave it for a while. And so ours are still wrapped up. I haven't washed them yet, so we'll see how they turn out. But the kids yeah, are going to be bummed that they won't be able to wear them because they'll be too about big. About 5,000 gallons of water to wash that dye out before you can even put it in the washing oh, machine. Oh, God, it takes forever. The kids <laughs> made know. the kids made some at a birthday party last summer, and I, there was just this one blue. All the other ones rinsed out pretty quickly, but then the blue, I was like, this blue is never, because you're supposed to rinse it until the color stops running from it, and then wash it, because it'll ruin your washing machine otherwise. And I was just like, this blue will not come out. I was like, my hands were cramping, because you just have to keep squeezing it out. And I was like, oh my God, it will never come out. So yeah, 
And I have four of them to wash. You've only had to do two. so I, You can do them all at the same time. Sounds like one of them you don't have to worry about. <laughs> well, well, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'll be nice and pristine. That's going to be <laughs> dad's years old. I was like, now I have a nice pajama shirt down in florida you can just that can be my pajama shirt when i come down yeah that's that's true a very large because like i said you were never nice tees. you were never gonna wear a tie-dye shirt anyway so you might whatever. okay wear a tie-dye shirt Catherine. what do you think i've never seen you in one <laughs> no you have I not mean, you wore zubas true. but you won't wear tie-dye exactly those Zubas yeah. at least have some organization to them, so there's nothing wrong with Zubas. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's tie-dye people and not tie-dye people. Yes, I'm definitely okay. a tie-dye person. Mm-hmm. i got to ask Michael Bryant a legal question. Uh-oh. Here. Oh, God. Because I'm, I'm getting a little concerned about this stuff. Not a lot, but uh, I just... Uh, maybe the world's flying too by for me a little too quickly, <clears throat> but I did see... No, I don't know anything about Pitbull. Pit, Pitbull, does he... The singer? He's going to be at the state fair. Oh, the singer. We were Pitbull. talking about American American <laughs> like uh, Stafford Terriers. Mm-hmm. American Terriers, yes. <laughs> Every time no. I wrote a blog about pit bulls, I'd have this whole gang of people that would comment oh, about American yeah. Terriers and how nice they are and how oh, yeah. wonderful they are, and you should feed your children to them. And... <laughs> yes, it does seem that way sometimes. Some okay, well, go ahead. Ask your question oh, about so Miami, Miami rapper Pitbull is going to be at the Minnesota State Fair. So is Iggy Azalea, and I don't okay. know anything about either one of them because I hate rap music because it took away Iggy my R and B, pisses me off. Mm-hmm. I haven't Azalea's heard of Iggy gonna... Azalea in a while. She sang that song. I'm so fancy. Yeah, no, you already you know. What I'm asking is this. Um, mm-hmm. We were at the pool at Disney World on Saturday. Was it Friday or Saturday? Friday. 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 We're at the pool. And luckily, before the kids got there, Catherine and I were there setting things up. And there were these three guys that looked like drug dealers. Oh, my God. They were so sketchy. They were really sketchy people. And they're playing music really loud at a Disney pool. And the F-bomb was like every other oh, word. the M-F-bomb. Yeah, M-F-bomb. Yeah. Lots of times they have that overall all stereo so they don't let you play your own music. Yeah. Right. So didn't didn't staff run over and Mm-mm. shut it down? No, there was nobody there. Huh. There was yeah, no there was lifeguard. There. there was no... There was huh. one gal running the, like, lunch thing but she was so incredibly well, overwhelmed that's a bizarre thing that's happened with that word with the f-bomb it seems like yeah. that's now been socially acceptable as yeah. far as the overall world goes um you know i see it on shirts i see it on flags right. i see it in right. songs i hear it in movies it sounds like most people are happy with it now which i don't get um but you know it's uh that's that there's a direction that word's gone that makes no sense to me well, and it, this was at what would be considered the children's pool because there was a bigger pool with a lot of more drinking and that kind of stuff going on. Sure. And then there was a smaller pool. So this would have been what I would have said would be the kids' pool. And here are these three thugs over there, uh, you know, playing the F-bomb every other word, the MF-bomb every other word. And I'm like, these are their children going to be here in a minute. What are you doing? Well, it's just not the vibe you expect at a Disney, Disney. Right. Right. Well, yeah, property. Like, why are you just three not. here? Like adult men playing I know. Right. like right. aggressive music at a Disney pool? Like mm-hmm. what? Why? What's yeah, the why, why scenario that brought to be there? you here? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just odd. Did you go over odd. and lay this smack down on them or something? Well, they left after oh. not even that. I like, kept giving them evils. 
The kids weren't down there. As soon as the kids were there, I was going to tell them to knock off the music, mm-hmm. but they, they packed up and left. So Yeah, once we got down there, they were only there for like five minutes, and then they left. We were like, sweet. And then there was a cu- an older couple that was just like the tannest people I've ever seen in my life, oh, yeah. just laying they in the sun. They were people tan and bake like that. <clears throat> yeah, but they know, were very nice, Hamilton. and then they had their own speaker, but they were playing stuff like Hall and Oates and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so were like, well, this is fine. Do you remember people putting oil on themselves to actually tan? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, well, I still see it. That, it's I was in the I, in high school people did tanning beds all the time and they bought like the specialty lotion to boost your tan and stuff and people would go because you couldn't tan more than every like five days or something at a certain place and so people would go to different places to go tanning and I was just like I don't get it. But the idea of actually putting stuff to boil on your skin. Yeah, like bake yourself. When I was a teenager it was... cancer right in here? I know. When I was a teenager, you put baby oil and iodine on you. Yep, there you go. Oh, my God. I'm like, what did that do? Iodine. Got rid of any infection. That's true. I don't really know what iodine would do. Well, iodine makes you look tanner, I suppose. Yeah, it does. It stains your skin. Yeah, it stains so it People would put butter on. Butter? Cocoa butter. Cocoa butter. butter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That That smells good. That's true. Andy, what, uh, how many minutes are we in? I got to make sure I like forgot to 15. check. So we're fifteen in. Okay, okay, good, excellent. I just wanted to make sure I had that down. But I mean, the, the problem that I have is I, I would have never, even when I was a teenager, I would have never thought of playing a song with those words in it in front of children. Well, would you have owned a, a, a song with those words in it? Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I maybe I not. don't know. I mean, I I can think of a couple that I had that had you know rough words in it but the level now of acceptance is just right. crazy yeah. i mean it's just it's just like every other word and i don't i, I don't get it but well, i like know i, I was said, in a spin class and she said oh this is gonna be the unedited version and it said the n-word every 15 seconds no, i'm like no. what mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why is this okay why, i don't get doing? it exactly what i'm talking about why are we doing this now i just i don't understand well i think that the one song i can remember way 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 back maybe the first time i ever heard it in a song was who the f are you from the who oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah who are you yeah. by the who yeah who yeah. the f are you that might have been the first time and now i mean it was mother f for every other every other line uh, it, yeah. was, it was a rough well song. that's like a special type of weird rap music that's not like popular no you know, you don't hear that kind of thing. Yeah. Unless you look for it, I don't think. I don't know. So my question is, does Pitbull drop the F-bomb? They won't let him do that at the fair, will they? No. He's a, yeah, he's from Miami, yeah. and he speaks Spanish, right. and... Oh, he does? I yeah. Don't, yeah, I don't no, know he's never his... No. I know he's done a country, he's recently done a country song... Where the country girls at, or something like that, and he's oh, he's yeah. crossed over a lot of different ways. So yes. I, oh, really? I would say he's okay. probably gone pretty mainstream. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. You know, and he's also reached out to kids. Although today, <laughs> reaching out to kids may not mean it doesn't mean the same thing as it used to. Yeah. You know, but I think he's pretty. Yeah, he's not gonna. No, I don't. Nothing, because he's been around for a while. I yep. mean, I feel like the first time I heard about him years. was yeah, like yep. I think high school probably was when he first kind of. Came about, but yeah. He's well, I remember OG. the uh, Alaska thing. Alaska thing. They um, he had a contest, like an online poll, and whichever town won the poll, that's where uh, Pitbull would go. 
And hmm. so a bunch of people on the internet rigged the poll so that he had to go to like some remote Alaskan town. <laughs> and he actually did it, I think. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard anything bad about Pitbull. I mean, uh, yeah, he went to there was uh, some Kodiak, Alaska, population 6,000. He actually went there <laughs> and right. performed because he was like, hey, that's, like, that's, that's what the vote said. I'm going to do it. It seems cool. like he had a scandal right at the very beginning of his career, if oh, I did. remember right. I don't remember how big it was, but I thought he had something uh, way back at the start. But, you know, overall, he's done. He's done his deal. He's done his deal. Let's see here. What did Pitbull do? He's only 41. Wow. He's only 41. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he's been around long. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Well, that's like I was doing a Peloton class the other day, and it said the woman said that Lil Nas X, who's that gay rapper that causes all the drama, he's only 22 or something. I was like, what? He's a child. What is going on? He was on the (laughs) Emmys last week and talked about, you know, he's finally made it. I think when you do a commercial with Elton John, you've made it. Yeah. Yeah. If you do anything with Elton John, you've Mm -hmm. made it. (laughs) They have a song together. Yeah, that I do. didn't know yeah. about. It was Elton on Johnson's song with everybody. He really much. has That's done what he a does lot now, of songs. Yeah. He just yeah. does duets. That's true. All right, I got to ask Michael another. Well, this is it's about legal, the legal business, not really a legal question, though. Sure. What is going on with in the state of Minnesota with our attorneys? Morley, Minnesota's lawyer disciplinary office, amid morale concerns. Supreme Court reappoints director accused of bullying and unprofessional conduct. What the hell is going on in your business over there, Michael? There's been quite a battle over there. Um, The staff in that uh, committee, or not committee, but at at the professional board is supposedly very upset with the leader there. And they've made a number of moves to get rid of her, and the Supreme Court has reinstated her. They first reinstated her temporarily, and then they just reinstated her for, I think, two years. Um, and so that's led to some extra drama over there that I don't really understand. Um, but for the most part, it is, uh, it, it, the Supreme Court's continued to stand behind her and that's been what's happened. So what is the problem? What, what is this unbullying and unprofessional conduct? Who's that? That against the staff that they don't like the way her leadership style is. Oh, I see. And, I see. uh, and she's got some pretty good supporters and, um, and the Supreme Court reappointed her based upon the supporters and based upon what they were able to put together in their investigation. So, what do you do? You think people are over analyzing this bullying? Everybody thinks they're being bullied now. Have you noticed that? Well, everybody. It, it, it's tough to say because there's some things that people truly are being bullied. You know. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, it's you see these horrible cases of people in the hospital and horrible things that's happened to individual people, and then on the other hand, it seems like boy that isn't something that seems that extreme and you would have had the all these extra issues that have popped up um i people are expecting to be treated differently and for whatever the cause of that is um that's led to a number of more times that people have been speaking out and some of it's been good and some of it's been who knows so we'll see where all of this goes but it does seem it's different I guess is the best way I can describe it. Is is this part of that I'm being bullied, I'm being picked on, I'm a victim? Is that all part of this as well? I think in some cases. I don't know yeah. in all cases because yeah. there's a lot of cases that were silenced, you know, where people, you know, were, were being silenced and not coming forward. And, you know, that's the the combination we got here is, is um, 
is people who, you know, in the past weren't getting heard or being heard now and, you know, we'll see what difference that makes and how much of it combines together to look like the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems kind of, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't remember other than, you know, like three, four guys at a time. I've never been bullied in my life other than I guess I could consider yeah. a couple of confrontations. They They tried to bully me or something, but... I just didn't see that much. Bu- of course, in my neighborhood, you didn't want to bully anyone because you could get shot in the head. So yeah. You didn't want to do a lot of bullying down there. That's on, uh, Plymouth the Avenue. difference in knowing like real bullies, you know, yeah. and, yeah, and you true. know, and, and that type. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're not the type that would be bullied. Um, and I so, suppose, you know, and, and uh, it, it varies. And, and, and then there's a whole different perspectives. I mean, there's, you know, there's a whole um, a perspective as we see, you know, more people getting a voice that they have in the way they look at things differently than, say, you or I would normally look at them. And, you know, the impact some things have. Um, and so that's that's we'll see where it all comes out. I don't know. Better or worse. I don't know. One bullying is. No, we have to take a break. No, no, I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break and you'll be right back and you're going to talk about, Alex going to talk about bullying in a couple of minutes. I'm going to talk about bullying. Good. (laughs) Make notes. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. 
Tom here for Continuum Weight and Well-Being. If you were like me and constantly finding yourself in weight loss mode, I have great news. Continuum is here. It's new and they're doing it differently. There are no meal replacements or foods you're required to purchase. They specialize in customizing meal plans for you using all whole nutritious foods. They don't just focus on weight loss. They're upfront with their pricing. And most importantly, Continuum is designed for long-term success. Schedule a free consultation. Find out more today. Simply go to their website, Continuum Weight weightwellbeing.com or call or text them at 952-491-6527 and catch the Continuum team on my podcast on Thursdays, 11.15 a.m. I've learned so much from them, and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing Life Beyond Weight Loss Mode. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I should probably mention this to to the people on the show that I was talking to. Uh, I don't want to identify him because of what he said, because they'd probably hold it against him. But a very high-ranking radio guy in radio programming in America. He's not from Minneapolis. He said, Tom, I've been listening to your podcast a lot lately. Your podcast is better than most of the morning shows in America. Hmm. So I thought that was nice of him to say that. Don't you guys think so? Yeah. Uh, it's a great podcast, especially on well, Mondays. listen to the kids. The kids are going, uh, well, uh, accepted, you know. Huh? I mean, don't you think that's quite a compliment coming from the, one yeah. of the biggest names in the business? Mm-hmm. I'm interested to know who this is. I will tell, tell you off the air. <clears throat> I don't know if you know. But I can't, be, I can't be telling you who said it because they go, I heard you said his podcast is better than our morning show. So mm-hmm. We don't need that for him. Gonna be, be fine with me, but no, he loves. It. He absolutely but loves. He, he did that, especially on Mondays, show. didn't he? Yeah, he was that <laughs> specifically <laughs> on Mondays. <laughs> yeah, specifically on Mondays. I said, he said, you know, when that Michael Bryant's on, it really goes over the top. Yeah, then you, when we look at some it. of the competition, L.A. Nick and Doug, it's kind of not much of a contest. <laughs> oh well! Wow! <laughs> well, wow. here we go. No, okay, Alex. Great. Goodness. What were you going to say about bullying? Yes, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. But I just was thinking about like my school experience and bullying and stuff like that because I I never really got bullied a ton, but it's like I didn't because no. I feel like bullying in certain situations, not all the time, obviously, but in certain situations, it's like you know you're different, so you're getting bullied. Like my best friend in high school was gay, and he people tried to bully him, and then I ended up. Telling them the what's for, and the what's for, you know, <laughs> and so it's like he didn't ever have to stand up for himself because I was the one that oh, was okay. like, and I like right. got along with everybody and was just kind of like stop being obnoxious and whatever. But there are some people that don't have anybody to stand up for them and they don't right. know how to stand up for themselves. But then Mike Bryant during the break. Was saying, was picking like, on you? Yeah. <laughs> I was. He was bullying. I, bu- I bully her. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> non stop. No, he was talking about like cyberbullying and stuff like that that happens. And I mean, I had AIM in middle school. And so I. Oh, yeah, I got on AIM, I think, in like 99. Yeah. There was a little bit of that where it's like, oh, this person pretended to be this boy and yep. messaged her to make, to have. Mm hmm. 
her think that the guy that she liked was messaging her and stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, I had like a little bit of the cyberbullying thing, but yeah, that's why I'm like, I've decided that my kids can't have access to electricity at between the ages of nine and 20. Electricity, nope. not even electricity. We're just going to become Amish <laughs> for 10 years. <laughs> I don't blame you. I would. I'd keep them off social media. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just no, like you can't have a smartphone. Ethan's not getting have. on social media until he's like Although, well out of the house. Uh, uh, the thing I was telling him is, you have no idea what social media yeah, is going to mean yeah. in, by the time they're eight, eight years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, to with the kids, with the kids you guys got. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's very like, true. He, he, like well, I think you brought up during the break. You could have implants in your brain by that time. Yeah. You could have. Who knows what the heck? Well, they're trying to make on. meta into the new thing, which is basically oh, yeah. like uh, if you've ever heard of Second Life, it's basically that. You yeah. just put on a VR headset, and then I don't know. You walk around in virtual reality. I don't know. I don't know why anyone. It just kind of seems like that. a bad MMO to me. Like why would you? Why wouldn't you just make your life that you are actually living? The well, one I guess that like you, you know, like. if you wanted to see Becky, you could both put on VR headsets and okay. kind of chat, that yeah. kind of thing. Okay. You know, or for your kid. It's like you want to see your friend, but you don't have a car, and your friend lives, even if they're like a couple miles away, you can't necessarily just go see them, so... Just get on the rotary phone and call them. Yeah, exactly. To rotary like phone. I did. I've used I a rotary a phone one time in my life, I yeah. think, and it grandma's, was at grandma's, grandma's house. Apartment. Only once? Yep. Really? That's the only time grandma's I've ever encountered a rotary yeah. phone. Yeah. I have a rotary phone. It's on my T-card in the basement, but... <laughs> yeah, probably. Rotary phone. Yeah, we don't even have a landline. It wouldn't even work because uh, rotary phones use pulse dial. They yeah. don't have touch tones, so... Yeah, we don't have a landline. Still we, a great, uh, a great uh, scene in the movie was when... Uh, was I think it was when they shot Dillinger, and the guy goes, I have to call the office, and he walks down the street to a phone. <laughs> to a phone booth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a phone booth. That's he right. Like, yeah. I, and he has to walk down to it. You know? I know, we have like, a... We have a phone booth not far from... Actually, I wonder if they took it out. But when Fawn was a baby, we were out on a hike, and by the chalet by our house, there was or is a phone booth. And Dan one day was like, take a picture of Fawn in front of this phone booth, because I feel like one day people will be like... What's a phone booth? Well, in 2015, <laughs> it's true. Apparently, phone booths made 286 million dollars. Whoa! So I guess people still use them, mostly oh. to make drug deals, I'm sure. But still, probably. Oh. What year was that, Andy? 2015. Sopranos. Really? Used them to, you know, hit people. Well, yeah. Jesus. You could always use them to choke someone too. Yeah. No doubt about it. There are about a hundred thousand payphones left in America. That was. As of 2015, though. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows about yeah. now? Oh yeah, that yeah. was that was almost two. ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. Although, yeah. where do we just see? We just saw two phone booths or three phone booths. Oh well, let's see here. Um, where was that? Disney World. It was at Disney World. Yeah. In 1999, there were two million phone booths. So oh what's that? 19 years later, they it was uh, 100,000 is what percent of two million? Oh, that would be hundred thousand would be five percent. Five percent. So only five percent are left. So so if there's a five percent okay. change, that would still. <laughs> if Dad's raising his summer. hand like he just cured cancer because he re- knew five percent. Can do math. Also, yeah, yeah. we lost simple, pretty simple math. <laughs> well, if we lost ninety-five percent wow. of them in about two decades, then in one decade we'd lose in about another half. So we're probably yeah. down to about 
fifty thousand. Yeah, that would mm. be about right. Probably true. I'm looking forward to the day that we can just throw our cell phones away and use phone booths again. Think that's happening. Not not happen. unless, unless they uh, stop working, you know, no, which is just, still a possibility. Yeah, I, I stopped getting phone calls and texts on Friday for some bizarre reason. Oh really? Oh yeah. Yeah, that you happens. Did? Sometimes you have that to restart. Happens. You have to like factory yeah. reset your phone. Yeah, yeah, I, that happens I, to I my did, phone too. It was. Yeah, it was you like weird. wiped it and everything. Yeah. Oh. And well, then the then next day, did you get a huge message dump like a ton yeah, of? Yeah, that happens. Yeah, sometimes. that's what happens yep. to mine. Yeah, I won't gets, get anything for a couple of days, and then all of a sudden yeah. I get like a million voicemails. I'm like, what? It gets mm-hmm. stuck really? in your cell phone yeah, carrier. Yeah. Weird. But yeah, I got uh, I got a uh, we got a uh, message at the office from somebody saying I tried to text you and you didn't respond. It's like. Couldn't do anything about it. it. I know. When people try to relay important stuff via text, I don't like that. Because texts are just, even all these years later, with the ubiquity of text messages, they're still unreliable somehow. Yeah, they are. I feel on my phone, text messages go through better than anything else. The the problem I run into is is I can't guess sometimes who it is. You know, so even though I get oh, a text and yeah. I know who it is, oh. I can't just guess who it is. And I've had these cir- circumstances where I had two two clients text me at the same time for about the same type of issue, and I responded to one that was really about the no. the oh, other. Yeah. Case. And so I've like I cannot do it unless yeah. I know for sure who I'm texting back. Yeah. And so I get in this thing, and it's funny because sometimes I'll send a message saying, "Who is this? This is Mike Bryant," and they'll not only give me their name, they'll give me the whole description of how yeah, they're my like, clients. Like, I know that how... once I know your name. <laughs> yeah, that's I just all need I need. A name. That's, that's all I need. That's all I need. You know, we can jump from there. You <laughs> oh know, my gosh, but funny. yeah, it is. I don't know. It, 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 the world of when it used to just be fax machines and you know and yeah. phone calls, but fax no cell phones. That was such a better world in so many ways. <laughs> when really did cell phones machines. become like everybody pretty much had one? Like when 90, the iPhone came out, about ninety five, wasn't no, it? Not well, where people had actually one. cut was, their when phone did the lines. Come up? The, what, the, the first iPhone, probably like 2005, I think. Really? Was it that late? Yeah. yeah. The first one? Yeah, yeah I was I in high school. It was. It was pretty late. I had the brick, though. I remember having the brick. Yeah. Did, did you oh, have I a remember, car phone? But, Those were the, the Yeah, first. I had a car phone. Yeah. I had a car phone that had a little speaker that attached here and an antenna you put on yep, top. Yeah, you had to put so the like had like 50 oh wires. God, and I remember like, getting yep. pulled over because the cop <laughs> potentially believed I was speeding, potentially. And he pulled me over and he's like, well, what's with all these wires? You know, Trying like, to make well, a call. That's, that's the speaker and <laughs> yes. that's the antenna. First it was the, car phones and know. then we got the uh, gigantic, like those 80s uh, cell phones that were you know, yeah. literally the size of a brick. Probably like the bigger. antenna was like... Brrr! Yep, those gigantic ones. And then we went on to the, I think when we got into like the candy bar format, like the Nokias. Yeah, like the Razor and all that stuff. That's when I think like they became more than a niche product. Yeah. But when smartphones came out, that's when absolutely everyone had one. Well, I mean, everybody, when I was in, when I was a senior in high school, I didn't have a smartphone yet. What was that? No. <laughs> what? I don't. I, I wasn't going to let little, you guys have the smartphones. Little, the little arm movement as you slid across the room. More aerodynamic. He's oh. like a Spider-Man. Zoom. No, but I'm trying to think. I, okay, so I was a senior in high school in 2006, 2007, and not everybody had when did the eye... an iPhone it was yet. The yeah, I was going to say, oh, I feel like yeah. yep, Ashley Basham, Ralph Basham's daughter, was the first person that I knew that had an iPhone. I had a BlackBerry. Yep, I had yeah, a lot of people had years. Blackberries. Mm-hmm. And I loved my Sidekicks, yeah. the screen flipped. 
people, a lot of people that I went to high school with had those. Yeah, I feel like I got my first iPhone in like the fall of 2007. That sounds about right. Like before you know I went why I to love college. iPhones. Tell me. You know why? I think you do. You know why I love iPhones? Why? Because I can look down and go, huh, I don't have to answer that. That is nice, yes. That is great. Avoid them all. Now, here's a story I want to tell you. This is why I still think the world is a wonderful place. A lot of people piss you off and, you know, let you down, and there are a lot of thieves in the world and all the rest of it. But then there are people like this. Donations pour in after Igor Sidorovsky, or Sidorov, excuse me, Igor Sidorov, uh, donations pour in after Igor Sidorov's ask on Facebook for his 11-year-old son, uh, donations have poured in his 11-year-old son, Andrei Sidorov, who, uh, and his, he, had a bro- he has a brother, uh, Andrei's 8-year-old brother, left Ukraine for Vienna on February 23rd. So he, uh, the man had to pick up the family and move him the hell out of the Ukraine. You know what the donations were for? No. Apparently, uh, <laughs> 11-year-old Andrei Sidorov had to leave all of his Legos behind. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. people are sending him tons oh, and tons Lego. of Legos, oh, which I geez. think is great. Where are they now yeah. that they're getting the Legos? It says various Lego oh, okay. parts sit in ready Vienna. to sell on November 29th, 2021. It's a, it's a block party store in Indianapolis, apparently. That's, I oh, guess, they're sending? Yeah. That's nice. Uh, it's wonderful. It's just a great story. A little 11-year-old kid wants his Legos. That's my a favorite, great story. So my favorite story of... Sage, being in Disney World. Oh, God. Oh God. Is, <laughs> the best one is when he was doing the, like, oompa pieing to the German band. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my God. The German funny. restaurant. They were both, that like, he's just his shoulders. He's like, I am into the polka music. And they did, like, ziggy, zaggy, ziggy, zaggy, oi, oi. And Vaughn was like, hoi, hoi, hoi. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> the big shot board after. <laughs> and she was like holding up her little water cup, uh, cheersing oh, she everyone. Was into yeah. it. They she were was, both into it. It was hilarious. Nice. So and then Sage, Sage having the meltdown of over not being able to press oh, the God. elevator Elevator's button right. and telling and telling Fawn that he she is no longer in the family. You're out of this family. I hate you. You're out of this family. You're no longer a member of this that's, family. That's a bop bop reaction. <laughs> And like my, yeah. You're out of this family. That was so funny. My friend, so my friend <laughs> Dana came with us because Dan was supposed to have, they have this yearly, it's kind of, I always call it a bike convention. He's like, it's not a convention. And I'm like, it's kind of like a convention. Because it's like bike companies come mm-hmm. and show off their products mm-hmm. and like popular biker people are there and te- you can test drive bikes and see the whatever. So what and I'm does like, he call it? Like a, he calls it a show. A show. Okay. Um, and so they were supposed to do it. They did it virtually last year because of COVID. And this year was supposed to be virtual again last week. And then like a month or two ago, they were like, just kidding. It's in person. Like the days that we had tickets to Disney World. And so he's like, yeah, I can't come to Disney anymore because this is like, it's mandatory for his job to go to this To be thing. at the convention. Yeah. Yep. The show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was like, okay, we... Like, it's nice to have extra backup, so I was thinking about who could come and whatever, and my friend Dana is not married, doesn't have kids, doesn't have pets, she, you know, and she also likes children enough to, like, be around them in Disney World, 
And so I asked her to come, and she was just so funny because she's like, I can see my, my – she's like, my brother and I have that conversation like twice a year. Like, get out of the family. I can't stand you anymore. <laughs> she's like, it never stops. Like, he and I say this all the time yeah. still. And I'm like, oh, God. I don't know if I've ever told you that you're out of the family, Andy. No, I don't know. Probably when we were very young. Maybe. Andy's out of the family. You were always the big, big threat caller when we were kids. Who Andy like, was? Yeah, saying like dramatic. I was. This cracks me up, though. I know, but yeah. Yeah, because he, so we have a thing, so he's the up guy in the elevator. So he pushes the elevator to go up, mm-hmm. and then he pushes the number, and she's the down gal. So she pushes down, and the number when we go down. But I accidentally pushed the number Ooh. when we went yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. It's a major I know. screw up. On I accidentally your part. pushed the number when we went down, and so I was like, "Okay, so Sage can push the button to go up, and then Fawn can push the number in the elevator, and then Fawn pushed it, and then he, yeah, yeah. You're out of this family." <laughs> You should, have just, you should have just gone right back at the top and let her push again and do it that I way. Like, I, I know, don't as crazy know. as it sounds. But I was just like. Saves the day. I don't know. I was like, somebody's going to be upset no matter what. So we'll just do this and True. then figure and then it out those later. Those two commiserating on what the worst day of their life has been. <laughs> the worst yeah. day of their life. This is yeah. The worst day of my life. Yeah, the worst day of my life is Disney World. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> because they're just like, what are we doing right now? What's Oh, yeah. And it like. Fawn at the end, Dana was like, so they had a babysitter watch them in the hotel room on Saturday so we could go back to Epcot in the nighttime and kind of just like not have to run around after the kids. And so Dana the next morning was like, so Fawn, what'd you think of Judy the babysitter? And she was like, she was pretty boring. (laughs) My mom's a lot more fun than her. And I was like, but not compared to me, was she fun? And Fawn was like, yeah. And then I walked out of the room and Fawn looks at Dana and goes, I can't wait to not be near you anymore. You're boring. Oh, I was like, wow. oh, my God. Wow. wow. I was like, what? She is a tough customer, man. I know. And Dana text messaged Dana. me. And she's like, I just laughed so hard because she's just, like, so tired and, like, just keeps talking about how much she misses her dad. Oh, because oh. that's why Fawn said that, because... Fawn was like, oh, I'm so excited to see my dad tonight. And then Dana was like, you're actually not going to see him until Monday right before you go to bed. And that's when uh, Fawn was like, I can't wait to not be around you anymore. You're both uh, <laughs> And so yeah. remember Fawn when Don't I Don't kill the messenger. Yeah. Remember mom when I was like, Fawn, can I come come into the other room for a minute? I got to talk to you. And I like yes. sat I down like, with uh-oh. Yeah. I sat down with her. I was like, what? what did you say to Dana? Like, what is going on? And then she just burst into tears. And she's like, I just miss daddy so much. I was like, you're exhausted. Oh. She's so, she was so tired. Yeah, they both were asleep by 6.30 last night. Well, yeah. we yeah. had them out at, Disney, at the Magic Kingdom for 11, 11 hours. hours. Those kids went on how many 11 rides? 11 hours. We went on like 10 Jeez. to 12 rides. And it poured rain. Pouring rain sometimes. Oh. Dad would not wear a raincoat. Or poncho. I had ponchos for everybody, man. and he's just like, I'm fine. And then we we leave one ride, and it was just torrential downpour. Torrential. And my mom was, was like, I'm getting, I got you a poncho. And he's like, I don't need to wear it. And I'm like, you're going to be sopping wet for the rest of the day if you don't wear a poncho right now. And so we got him in a poncho. So do you wear a poncho? He wore a poncho with Mickey Mouse on the front of it. It was mm. great. Mm-hmm. Wow. Why didn't and you want to wear a poncho? He's too... Too cool. Too cool to wear Candy poncho. Well, what? <clears throat> oh, is that why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, being sopping Nobody wet and miserable. Nobody in North Highland ever wore a poncho. Well, I'm sure somebody that. did. Yeah, I'm sure you know? The dry people. Yeah. Yeah, the, happy, <laughs> all the, dry the happy dry people. I'd rather oh, be miserable way, and wet than wear a mm-hmm. poncho. 
Yeah, by the way, poncho or not, I went on that damn ride and it splashed water so much. My my oh, shorts were wet from top to that bottom. That was frozen, which was on Saturday when there was no rain. Mm-hmm. So oh that my was just... God, did I get soaked on that ride? Yep, Jeez. being in the front, <laughs> being the front right boat, like part of the boat not, on frozen, not is not a great call. You'll get mm-hmm. very wet. That's I why tell you're you. there. Yeah. Well, if anybody wants to go to Epcot and do one ride. Do the Ratatouille ride. Oh, my oh, gosh. This is this is the coolest God. thing the ever. Cool. It, it was, it's, it's really cool. The kids got, like, very overwhelmed by it because you're, like, you're in Me a, too. you're in a rat <laughs> car scurrying around. Yeah. Okay. And it's, yeah, like, you're the whole around. thing is you're the perception of a rat in a restaurant. Wow. Is the whole thing. So do they, does it have video too? With yeah, it? yeah. Okay. And so yep. you go and do yep. a thing. Mostly you like video. park, mm-hmm. and then you have 3D glasses on, oh, and okay. the thing like shifts yep. and like wiggles around and spins, and things are coming out at you, and there's music, and then you go through these big sets with like giant food, and it's you smell a baguette. Wow. When they're baking it, you go. You're all of a sudden under the oven, and the heat <laughs> comes on, and it's like yeah. so crazy. Cool. Yeah. It was amazing, but yeah, it's I'd say kids under. Six might be a little sensitive because Fawn started crying in the middle of it. Yeah, Things and I was just like, and I was like, close your thing. eyes and give me a hug, and like then you're just in a chair and it's all good. And Sage was like, just stunned the whole time. And then afterwards, he's like, I kept my glasses on the whole time. I watched the whole thing. And now he originally more... was like, I'm not going to keep my glasses on. I said, you don't have to keep your glasses on. And then I was like, every once in a while, I kind of like put my hand over his eyes when I knew something yeah. was going to shoot out at us or something. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. the 3D is so realistic. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, and it's, we went to, it's a great ride. Oh, it was Tom the, Barnard wanted to go on it again, oh, I'll tell you. But the wait was like yeah, the wait was yeah. like 180 minutes yeah, I'm sure. the whole Three day. Wow. But we got a fast pass. fast pass? Yeah. And that was, yeah. how, how long was it the fast pass? Lightning like lane now, people. Lightning, yeah, lightning, lightning lane. lane. They changed oh, it to okay. lightning lane. Because you don't have to. Anymore. Yeah, you pay 15. Yeah, they changed the whole thing. You pay 15 extra dollars per day. And for Genie Pass. For Genie Plus. Plus and then Genie you Plus. get to, every two hours, make a Lightning Lane reservation for the rest mm. of the day. So you actually Genie. get a lot more, because Fast Pass is only three a day. Oh, and so Genie oh, Plus. Limited? Wow. It was. Wow. Fast Pass was. But Genie Plus, it's you, just every two hours, you can book, <laughs> but you can't do the same ride twice. Okay. No, which sucks. Yeah. When we went but, to Harry Potter Land, we had the Fast Pass mm-hmm. or Lightning yeah, whatever Lane or it was. Harry's... Whatever. I don't know what that was called. Whatever. You know? That's a cool yeah. ride, too. Oh, no, that, that Harry Potter ride is one of the greatest rides I've ever been on in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Well, the, the, the Ratatouille. Like Ratatouille. You're riding the, the broom and you're, the yep. you're, one, you're, yeah. you're oh playing kids. Oh, my God, Quidditch, is that unbelievable. Yeah. We actually yeah. never managed to go on any of the Harry Potter rides. Oh. We went there, but all the waits were so long. We were just like. Oh, yeah. So we went to uh, the whatever the hell tavern that is. We ate some oh, food. And oh, you had some butterbeer? No, the. Ollivander's the one. The butterbeer is not well, at all a, what I was expecting. It's no, like it's liquid butterscotch. Yeah. It was like carbonated butterscotch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Can you guys hear Jude snoring in the background? No. 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 I honest to God. Sounds just like said a to drill. Catherine, I said to Catherine, is somebody drilling and sawing again <laughs> for Christ's sake? He is so no. tired from being boarded. Me too. Jude. Not being <sighs> boarded, though. Dana was out until 1.20 this morning. What? Yeah. She's like, she text messages me at like 5 p.m. She's like, well, I met Tom Reed's. I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, Nick wanted to go watch the wild game at Tom Reed's with 
are friends. And then all of a sudden I get a text message from her. Like we were texting back and forth a little bit. And then she text messaged me at 1.20 in the morning. She's like, and then I responded this morning. She's like, yeah, I was out until one. 20. Like, uh, I went to I bed like, at what, 9.30? Yeah, I took, <laughs> a, so I took a nap. I put the kids to bed and I fell asleep for like 20 minutes. But then I put an alarm on my watch to wake me up because I was like, I can't go to bed at 6.30 or I'll wake up at like 4 a.m. Yeah. And then I woke up and ordered myself Uber Eats nachos. I ate some nachos and watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And then I went to bed. at. I the had to try season? really hard to stay awake until mm-hmm. 10. So oh, yeah. I watched the end of that Nightmare Alley, too, right. which that movie was not good. It's, it's a, did you watch the latest season of Maisel? Yeah. I the finished the last it? episode it's last a, it's night. A, it's not bad. I don't like the way it ends. The ending it's was too open. vague and weird. But it was a good uh, – It was it, this season was a good season. I know. I kept People kept saying, like, oh, the season's not as good. It's not as good. And I was like, I think it was really good. I Although, thought they did – she did some weird financial things this this season. Yeah, yeah. it was weird, and the, yeah, I don't know. But I thought I thought it was funny and good, and there were I don't know. But yeah, the ending was weird. I was like, "What is this?" And then it was I'm too. Few, like, I'm a few seasons behind. I'm gonna have to catch it's up. It's worth it. I don't know. There yeah, was a year, third year. That's that's a well, really no, good a, series. Well, there was two and a half years between last season and this season was because it of COVID. Mm-hmm. Real? Um, yeah. Well, the, I think yeah. the third season. I didn't like the third season. Which the I'm turning. It got real is boring. It, is this when fourth? she's with Shy Baldwin? That's it's when the third she's. Season. It's yeah. when she okay. was kind of making it big, and her agent was trying to get her into places, and she just started kind of acting like an asshole. That sets up the season really well, um, and then the if you haven't got the end of the third season, it has a big impact on what yes. her directions oh, yes. go. Okay. So it's yeah. it it it. it yeah, I agree. Third's not as good as second and first. Yeah. But uh, f- it sets up the fourth really, really well. Okay. Yeah. And it'll be interesting really, really to well. see. So I can say really five or six times. It's really, really, <laughs> really, 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 really good. <laughs> okay. We can close with this stat. You ready for the okay. stat? The stat of the day. <clears throat> because Stash, of broadcast television and streaming and all the rest of it. Do you know how many TV shows are available today if you wanted to watch? Start watching every TV show out there on, oh on tens of thousands. Oh, I have no idea. Of all no the idea. shows? Oh, you mean like yeah, all, the shows. all shows on all streaming? It would probably be 50,000. I was going to say 50,000. I'd be shocked if it's bigger than that. You, know? you ready? Yeah. 120. In like all of the world? Or just available to us in America. Yeah, I wonder. Didn't say that. Just said the shows that are available to watch on streaming. Well, yeah, if you're including well, the broadcast shows, yeah, okay. the whole so world. Be, it, 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 so there's shows that exist that aren't on streaming. So it, it, it's probably going to be a smaller number. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm going to go you with. Ready? I'll go twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand. I say two hundred. Uh, I don't know. Alex, you said two hundred thousand. Yeah, because yep. I can tell in your voice that it's a big number. <laughs> is, it, <laughs> is it huge? I can tell by your voice it's a big number. Uh, you can sit down if you want to start watching right now at one eleven in the afternoon in Minnesota. Which I do not. Eight hundred and seventeen thousand shows. Oh, I was going to say a million. Eight hundred and seventeen thousand wow. shows. That must are be. That must wow. be every show in the world. Well, if we include like uh, Indian shows and South American shows, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, God, they put out probably Japanese, ten episodes a yeah. day. Japanese, oh yeah, and anime. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. They'll just dump twenty-four episodes of what's anime called, in a month. What's it called? Sanmaro or whatever. What? Like Hello Kitty. 
What about Hello Kitty? What's that called? I don't know. Oh. Like Hello all those little Kitty? characters? <coughs> oh. Anime? I don't know anything about Hello no, Kitty. or it's the... called like Sanwaro or something San like that. Sanwaro. It's something like that. That's not right. And still, you can't find anything on sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's his uh, oh, Sanrio. Sanrio. That's the company that makes Hello Kitty. Oh, okay. Oh, but man. they have a bunch of different characters. And, like, that's all on YouTube. So it's like, YouTube, does that count? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So when Hello you watch Kitty. something really bad, that means that there's a lot better stuff out there. Yeah, there <laughs> sure is. You'd hope. And you waste I started... your time watching Yellowstone. <laughs> you're like, yeah, why you am I watching this show? I don't get it. And then stop watching it. Everybody it gets bad. better. Everyone it does. I told, I told, I told him. I was like, everybody gets better. I promise. Yeah. The first yeah, the season, everybody definitely you kill yeah. people. You don't come back from that. I mean, they somehow do. Yep, they somehow know. do. I mean, Costner's okay in killing. His main guy kills people and buries them. Yeah, it's really mafioso. Deserve it. Well, did you like the Sopranos? Where they're killing everybody. Well, but I accepted that as being the case. They were they were alleged mafia figures, and I accepted that as being part of what they did. This is a western version of Montana doesn't need to kill every tourist that shows up on the land. I kind of feel that way about Deadwood. Deadwood, it's like they're trying too hard to be edgy. So it's not about Deadwood. It's no. just about watching I've a bunch of people die. That. Do you see Sam walk back his, his discussion about I'm sure he did. Art All right, well, we're going to go. Yeah. You guys keep on doing the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to get excited. <laughs> I have a doctor's appointment in 17 minutes. Good luck go to me. Get him. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you on Monday with the family. 